welcome to the Nerd Ascended Podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Chelsea. And this is what we're nerding out about this week. Hi, nerds. Welcome back to the Nerd Ascended Podcast. We hope you had fun in Disneyland last time. I wish I was in Disneyland right now. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's uh, February. And that's just like a feeling in February. Yes. And January was about 18 years long. So January is always the longest month in the (laughs) entire year. It's the longest year out of the entire year, basically. It is. (laughs) No one likes January. No. You like it for the first two days because you're like, ooh, fresh year, fresh whatever. (laughs) And then you get to like January 16th and it's been five years. (laughs) You know, the only thing January is good for actually is visiting Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, because it's a lot less crowded. I know we said there was no off season, but January, February are a little as close, less crowded. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't go at New Year's, and as long as you go before President's Day weekend, then you'll be okay. Oh yeah, uh, President's Day weekend when I worked at Disney World in 2014. No wait, 2015 was the same weekend as Valentine's Day. Oh. And that Sunday was the busiest day I ever worked at Disney World. And that's saying something after doing two Christmases there. Yeah, that's really saying something. But that was our highest numbers and our highest weight I ever saw at Kilimanjaro Safaris. Oh my it gosh. It sucked. <laughs> well, there's there's your final Disney tidbit. Go in January <laughs> yeah. and February, but do it before President's Day weekend. Yes, don't do it during any sort of holiday, even if it seems like a stupid little one that doesn't matter yeah probably not anyway. even arbor day <laughs> <laughs> yeah not even arbor day uh but we're not going to talk about disney again this time <laughs> we are going to do another round of nerd news Yay. we did think about doing a kingdom hearts one which we will eventually but the problem is neither of us have played it yet and that is partially my fault and it's partially sony's fault and i'm gonna put that completely on them because there is no reason to have such a small amount of storage space on a ps4 in 2019 (laughs) but essentially i need to get more storage space i've seen where they're potentially launching it uh for playstation plus members where you can get 100 gigs instead of 10 gigs but i don't know if that's just for like backups of the game or if you can use it to store games or what Anyway, I currently don't have enough space without deleting stuff to put Kingdom Hearts on there. So it's going to be a little bit (laughs) before we get to talk about that one. I did have enough space to download it. I had to delete an older game that I have not played in a long time, which still hurt my soul. Yeah. Because I don't like to get rid of games, but I I had to. And I downloaded it and I looked at the icon and fanned over it. And then I haven't played it because yeah. I have not finished Spyro. Yes. And I cannot play two story games at the same time. It's like reading two books at the same time or watching two movies and switching between them like every 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's driving Ryan nuts. Even though he has never played Kingdom Hearts, he's never even seen it. And every day he's like, why haven't you played your new game yet? You waited <laughs> half your life for this. He's like, get on it, woman. Come on. Yeah, they're like, I can't. I have to finish Spyro first. And I can't start Kingdom Hearts and then finish Spyro afterwards. Who knows when that would be? Yeah. I have to finish my first commitment. Yeah. Yeah. I need to finish Year of the Dragon too. And the other reason, I, I mean, we don't really have anything on there right now that we can delete out. 
And I do, you do have to leave like a little bit of space on there because Fortnite always needs a little bit of space to add updates, which is a great segue into our first segment for this this particular episode of Nerd News, actually. And we're going to bring back the Dumb Friends League. Yay! The Dumb Friends League. We had a great weekend with our dumb friends around the world. Yes, I'm still, I can't get over it. I'm still so excited about this thing that Fortnite did this weekend. I mean, Fortnite in general, this, as we're coming down to the end of season seven, am I correct? It's not season eight. Yes. Right. No, it's season so, as we're coming down to, seven. Yeah. So as we're coming down to the end of season seven, um, next week will be the beginning of the final week of season seven. It's kind of crazy to think that this season started before Christmas, like right around Thanksgiving. And it's like an entirely different planet now. But a couple weeks ago, they did a small in-game event that ended up being I mean it was cool it wasn't like a a huge thing but there had been an ice ball growing uh, on top of Polar Peak for a while and during the in-game event the Ice King came out of the ball and there was a pretty cool hologram of him a, a very large version of him that basically threw a giant snowball and the map changed in real time to be completely covered in snow, which seeing that happen in real time was very cool. The whole map being in cover, being covered in snow, though, wasn't necessarily um, that cool because they did it on Christmas Day. So yeah. we had already seen that. And they did um, add the Ice Legion to the game, but they were just a reskin of the zombies from Fort Nightmares, which... I know a lot of people hated the zombies. I, I thought they were fun. I mean, it's especially because I don't often get to just like get hundreds of eliminations in one game <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not that good. I mean, having the zombies around was always kind of nice for me because I felt like super cool at the end of a game seeing like I had 700 hits or, you know, something insane like that. It was okay. I know a lot of effort and coding went into it, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the time we are recording this, yesterday was the live Marshmallow concert. Easily the best event Fortnite has done so far. It was just really a great time. Yeah. I think it was about 10 minutes. Yeah, it was It was just over 10 minutes. And I mean, as someone who works in public relations, I'm just completely freaking out about this for an entirely different reason. But last week, they started promoting this event by putting up these little posters in the game at different locations that had Marshmallow's character on them with Pleasant Park and the time, which was 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then they released a few small challenges that were pretty easy to do, I think on Wednesday or Thursday this last week, that included, you know, just visiting one of the posters and then you could earn a special emote that you then performed in different locations on the map to get the final reward, which was a a special pickaxe that looked like Marshmallow, which if you're not familiar with Marshmallow, he's an internationally known DJ that's known for wearing a mask that looks like a giant marshmallow. It also kind of looks a little bit like a ghost, but part of his brand persona is that nobody knows who he is, although people have figured it out and his yes. name is Chris Comstock, yes. who is an already known DJ and producer, but that he he still avoids talking about that because he said before, I just want to make good music and make people happy and you don't need to know who I am for me to do that. So he's definitely built 
a persona, which is not a new thing. I mean, rappers have done that. DJs have done that. They're, I mean, Daft Punk wore helmets yes. for their entire Dead career. Mouse. Yeah. So this is a not necessarily a new concept, but this was so perfectly aligned with Fortnite's brand because he already looks like a Fortnite character. He already looks like something that could be in Fortnite. His music in general is fairly family friendly. All sorts of age groups from, you know, young kids to adults enjoy his music. Some of it is on top 40 radio. It's pretty approachable. Um, Dance music in general has become a lot more mainstream in the last several years. And especially with his brand being about happiness and really just being a part of that, like, uh, I don't want to say rave culture because it's not necessarily raves anymore, but it's not necessarily like, you know, people are having underground raves in warehouses anymore. It's still the same kind of uh, culture around dance music festivals where it's all about the friendly atmosphere and connecting with the people around you and that kind of thing. So that really fits with what Fortnite has been trying to do. Fortnite in general, like we've talked about before, is a more family-friendly first-person or third-person shooter where you don't kill people, quotes, you eliminate them and they disappear when their little drone comes to pick them up. There's no gore, there's none of that. So this all just kind of matches really well. They've been experimenting with these live in-game events before. The visuals just kind of match Marshmallow's brand. So this is all just, it all just fits so well. This was like the perfect thing. And I imagine they've been planning this for a very long time, probably at least since Marshmallow played in that uh, big competitive Fortnite tournament with Ninja. Yeah, the f- he was in the first uh, Pro AM that was back in June. Yeah. And he was the celebrity guest that was paired with Ninja and they ended up winning. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm betting that that was about the time they started discussing Mm-hmm. doing a collaboration with him and how to make it happen because visuals in the game of him on the little stage were made ahead of time mm-hmm. makes total sense you know when you're essentially hosting a concert for who knows how many millions of people but he actually live broadcast playing the music and speaking into it so it counts as a real concert in yes. my opinion oh yeah it absolutely does i mean the concert itself technically was free to attend you didn't have to buy a battle pass you can play the free version of Fortnite. you don't have to buy any of the the merch associated with this to go you could go for free that was another just from like a branding perspective another perfect thing they did because there were some things you could buy like a marshmallow skin um, a glider there were a couple emotes you could buy but you could get an emote for free you could get the the pickaxe for free and you could go to the concert for free and then in real life marshmallow also released a line of merch with him um, like there's one of him on a loot llama and you know all kinds of stuff like that so there were opportunities to buy stuff but you didn't have to it was a little confusing at first because Fortnite doesn't necessarily release a lot of information about in-game events before they happen but in the past they they just happen in one of the regular modes and you'll know what time you need to be there but it's always kind of nerve-wracking because you never know if people are just going to be chill and leave you alone and let you watch the event happen before, you know, you go back to playing the game like you're supposed to. But once they had announced that this concert was going to be happening, one of the first things I thought was like, this is the one that they have to shut off weapons. Yes. They have to. For several reasons. (laughs) Yes. Um, One, because 
Marshmallow and his PR team want you to have a good time at his concert and actually get to see the whole thing after they've put a ton of work into this. And neither party really wants to deal with screenshots of, even if they're cartoon fake characters, being shot at a concert. No, that would be an extremely bad taste. Like you just yes. have to, That's one of those things that you have to think about the implications of parallels to the real world. So mm-hmm. they made a very good decision. All damage of any sort and guns and weapons at all were turned off 60 seconds before concert started. Yeah, and it was it was actually really cool because some people had, you know, on the subreddit that they have and on Twitter had been saying they found a few things in the um, the gaming files because Fortnite is very open to people doing that kind of thing and, and always has been. But a few people found some indications that that was going to be a thing that happened. And so we were watching the countdown clock. We were at Pleasant Park in front of the stage. And right when it hit 60 seconds, there was this cute little rainbow with Marshmallow's logo. And suddenly we didn't have weapons anymore. It was very nicely done. It wasn't even just putting his little character in there and having the live broadcast. Like the animations that went into it and the different things were happening. Like there was one point where it made every character jump whether you mm-hmm. like you weren't controlling it. There was the I can fly part where everyone started flying around and a big version of him flew around the whole entire map. Mm-hmm. Like there was, a, I'm sure there was a lot of people somewhere sitting in a room <laughs> having a panic attack trying to make sure it all keeps going. Because I don't know how many, I don't know exactly how many people work for Fortnite from Epic, but I know it's not an insanely huge team. Mm-hmm. And even if you had a big team, that would be the scariest thing. Because you're like, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm trying to code and control this thing that's never been done before and it has to work. Mm -hmm. And it did. And it did. It did work really well. I know there were there was a handful of people that the the game did crash for. I did notice watching replays from other people. We didn't get all of his live commentary in our Hmm, session we were missing some of it because i remember when i finally heard him towards the end i was like oh there he is but he actually talked the whole time so we just didn't get some of his his commentary but i I mean that was more than just at the end but he was very quiet yeah so i think he might we might have had it the whole time and i just couldn't hear it that could be um but i imagine that's kind of a hard that's a hard balance. And honestly, even in a real life live concert, sometimes it's hard to hear the people that are talking yeah. over the dance music because there's a lot and of it bass. was fine. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that's totally fine because we had we had all the music. We had all the visuals. There were a few points when I was like, oh, it's minorly laggy. Not like a big deal. And I'm I mean, I'm impressed that it didn't crash at all. Like I just can't I can't even conceive what that took for that to happen. Have you watch that episode of silicon valley where they have the live camera feed of the bird egg i don't know if it's a condor or an eagle yes i remember this that guy goes up there to get rid of the camera and ends up falling and getting trapped and their live feed gets an insane amount of traffic yeah (laughs) and Gilfoyle is in the garage punching holes in the wall for the wires to keep the servers from crashing that's what i imagined was happening at fortnite (laughs) that was what was going on at the epic offices the whole time Uh, but even beyond that you know the technical stuff was taken care of which was great but just the concept of the event it's it seems like crazy to say this but it really replicated the experience of being 
at an EDM concert in real life. Because even though the the gaming sessions we were in actually didn't have 100 people in them, there was only 60 of us, I noticed, right. which I think was a decision to probably have lots of smaller groups rather than several large lobbies of people. That's probably easier on the servers. But even with that small group and even with just, you know, you and I on our headphones and stuff, there was like, I mean, that was like a bonding experience. It was. With a group <laughs> for sure because – you couldn't attack each other. So, you know, you actually all had to be friendly <laughs> and that too. But even rather than just sitting there using your little dance emotes while watching, it was interactive. Like you said, there was the one point when, when we were bouncing around, there was a low gravity portion. And then when he did the performance of his song, which I think is just called Fly, and like at the perfectly tri- perfectly timed bass drop, and we were suddenly all flying around, and there was a giant marshmallow hologram that was flying around with us. I mean, that was just crazy. And then the beach balls that came out at the end that you could actually interact with and knock around and play with and all of that. And I think they did a really cool ending to it too, where he got to say thank you and everything, and then it suddenly started counting down, and we were all suddenly pulled into a rift and up in the sky and there were fireworks but it was just kind of like as soon as you hit the ground it was back to normal the stage was just blank again and it it was kind of like waking up from a a dream or like a hallucination a little bit (laughs) (laughs) and then it was just suddenly complete chaos with the 60 people in there blowing each other up circle (laughs) yeah in a really tiny little circle. So I read a Forbes article about this that called it an an absurd triumph, which is a, a pretty good description of it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I immediately went and downloaded the Marshmallow songs from that set that I don't already have. Um, he also released... I did too. Um, he released an extended version of the set that you can purchase on iTunes. That was a specific you know, the Fortnite set that he did. I mean, he even, before the actual concert happened, included this as a tour date on his tour calendar, where it mm-hmm. said he Pleasant was going to be... Pleasant Park, USA. Yeah, <laughs> he was going to be at Pleasant Park. So it's, it's, to me, this is really like a tipping point for gaming. And even though you don't play Fortnite on a, a, a headset yet, it's kind of pushing us a lot more towards the virtual reality aspect of gaming and the augmented reality aspect because this is like this is the oasis from ready player one ready player one is starting to happen right now friends this is the beginning (laughs) this is i know a lot of people think you know fortnite is something a bunch of 10 year olds play and oh i don't really know what that is but i mean there's not three billion 10 year olds in the world that are playing fortnite i mean it's people of all ages from around the world and I mean, we were in just a a PlayStation PS4 lobby because we were all on PS4, but there were people probably from all over the globe in that group of 60 with us. Yeah. And to also technically be in the lobby with Marshmallow himself at the same time was just, I mean, it's just mind-blowing that that's a thing that you can do. And I can see where this could go eventually to being like, oh, we're going to have you know, this is going to be an hour long concert and it's $15 to get into the lobby or whatever. And, and then we're going to have like this free concert that's 10 minutes like this that you can go to. I mean, there's, there's so many 
and I know this probably sounds like gross to some people, but it's exciting to me. There's so many opportunities for brands to do stuff like this and other celebrities and make it an upcharge, but make it something that's worthwhile. You know, it's not just a sales pitch. It's not Coca-Cola rebranded shield potions and chug jugs or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be something like that. Yeah, it's this is something that was interactive. And I mean, I would have paid 10 bucks for that. That was, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it was just a lot of fun in general. And I've gone back and watched the replay on there, which was kind of fun to actually pause it and just like look around with the drone view <clears throat> and see all the details I missed because there was there was a lot of details I missed. I missed during one of the songs, there was shooting stars happening in the sky. Oh, Ryan and I were watching a Let's Players video last night of it and he mm-hmm. pointed that out to me and neither of us had seen that either. Did you see... Um, the superhero landing. I know I saw yes. it during the actual do thing. do a superhero landing. <laughs> I, there was at one point when a, a giant robot version of Marshmallow came and did a, a superhero landing behind the stage at the start of one song. And I just completely, it made me think of that Deadpool moment when he's like, superhero landing, superhero landing. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. But I'm really, really excited to see where they go from here because that's a lot to live up to. Nothing is ever going to be that first experience again, obviously. No. I mean, there's there's just so much they can do from here. Like, it is all upward from here, too, honestly. So, that's... Yeah. Who would have thought little Fortnite game where, you know, most people only know that it's making 10-year-olds do those annoying dances in public everywhere. <laughs> this is, in fact, actually, like, the next level of of gaming, of entertainment, of sports, of branding. Like, there's just so many implications for that. Did you see he did um, an encore performance last night? He did. And I that was probably... I, I don't... Did he actually do that one live? Or was that a recording of earlier? I'm not sure. Um, because it was at 2 a.m. Eastern time. And he... Right. I actually don't know where he is now. I mean, he is still on tour. And I think when I looked at his tour calendar, his next stops were in like Germany. So he's abroad somewhere. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they just replayed it, but he did advertise it on his Twitter as an encore performance. So that that understandably may have been a replay. But yeah, for an encore, but that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like we said, the obviously the animations are done beforehand, but it was even beyond just having like the holograms and the bear dancers and that kind of thing. There were visuals on the video screens, quotations, behind him that were probably very similar, if not actual uh, footage from stuff he uses in his real life concerts. And very true. Because some of those, like when it was showing him with the balloons in the sky during that one song, that was not Fortnite cartoon animation. That no, was like. There was some real. Uh, scenes yeah that was like scenery real life in there. scenery and clouds and that kind of thing and I had another point and I just totally lost it I'm just still so mind blown about this but <laughs> I ha- have to admit I was wrong uh, back in the fall we did one of our podcasts and that was about when all of the Fortnite Battle Royale competition was coming out like mm-hmm. with Battlefield and Call of Duty And other people were were releasing their Battle Royale versions. And I was like, I don't know. Will little Fortnite survive? And (laughs) And then they were like, (laughs) guess what, Linda? 
Here is a live concert from Marshmallow. Thank you. Like that was Fortnite is on its own level. Like there's nothing else like it. It's very hard to compete with. Mm -hmm. And if you like it and you're an adult like us, it's okay. You can like things that ten year olds also like. (laughs) Yeah, that. (laughs) That doesn't mean Don't anything. be ashamed of it. I know. There's a subset of people that think you can't go to Disneyland without kids. You can't play video games if you're an adult. You can't read young adult novels if you're an adult. You can't and like animated movies. I know. And every time someone says that, I'm just like, what is it like to live such a boring life? Honestly. Yeah. Like, enjoy the things you enjoy. And I mean, Marshmallow's in his late 20s. So. Yes. All know. the Fortnite Let's Players are... And not like kids. pro players, they're not kids. <laughs> yeah, they're not kids. And they're making more money than I'm ever going to see in my entire life. But that's another, that's another conversation. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm also never going to be quite as good at them as video games because I don't have the practice time and the effort they put into it either. But I will say recently in Fortnite, I am averaging like, three or four eliminations a match and I am so excited I actually played solos the other day and actually eliminated someone in solos I was so pumped a big deal I almost hit the roof because usually (laughs) usually I'm only in solos if I'm like trying to practice aiming or something or I'm trying to do one of those daily challenges where you need to place top 50 in solos and I just go hide in a tree Mm -hmm. (laughs) until someone comes and finds me (laughs) but I actually eliminated someone all on my own with no support I was so excited. I've actually completed all of the weekly challenges except for this current week, even including the elimination ones. I'm so glad I had you to help me with the plane explosion yeah, one, though. I, <laughs> I also had to figure out an easier way to get that one done. But we did. Yes, but we got it. And, you know, that's the other thing that I think even before this... uh huge moment this weekend that's the other thing that just keeps Fortnite at the top of gaming right now is just having those different weekly challenges and things to work toward and you know while your account levels up in general beyond just the battle pass or whatever you don't necessarily like get benefits from the rewards you earn like it they don't make you a better player and then at the beginning of the next 10 weeks the slates wiped queen uh, wiped clean <laughs> good <laughs> gracious words today i mean see you haven't even watched rupaul's drag race for this week yet and you're thinking about i know queens. but <laughs> reddit told me what happened there and that's probably the other reason i don't even have words but um what i was trying to say <laughs> is it wipes clean the slate for everyone and so while some people are just better players at video games for sure in that aspect you're really on the same playing field with everybody. Yeah, and you only earn cosmetic things. You can't yeah. get better weapons or advantages over anyone else. Yeah, it's not pay to win, although sometimes you'll see jokes on Reddit about <laughs> whether or not that's really true, uh, especially with like some of the white-colored skins that had you know white jackets or like the marshmallow skin. When the whole map was snowy, you sure blended in a lot better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, just little things like that. But, I mean, I was already playing Fortnite all the time and excited about it. But the concert yesterday just kind of, like, renewed my excitement about this game. And just renewed my excitement about, like, where gaming is going. Yeah. And technology and what you can do. Oh, I just love gaming so much. 
And I don't understand people are like, video games are lame and for children. And I don't understand why anyone likes them. Like I know. Or they assume that just because you like video games, you're like never outside or something. I mean, yeah. And you see these these ridiculous stories about kids who are addicted to Fortnite. And I mean, for goodness sake, you're a parent. Unplug the gaming system. <laughs> yeah. The wall. But... And it, video game addiction is a very real thing that happens to some people. Yes, you can but, be addicted to many things. Yeah, it's not a, a common thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's no different than any other leisurely activity. Yes, and I will I will put a little, little asterisk here to say, yes, there are problems with toxic communities in gaming. There is a reason I don't necessarily play with random people, yeah, even I on don't Fortnite. Yeah, I don't and part of that is because I know the minute I start talking and I I do have a, a clearly feminine sounding voice that I could have some bad experiences with that. But I will also say if you browse, you know, clips of Fortnite on YouTube where people have played with random groups, you can find some really touching, heartfelt friendships that people mm-hmm. have made with random people all over the world. And um, I think my favorite story I've ever seen on that subreddit was um, this guy who's in his his 30s and he made um, a group of friends. I think there's like seven of them now. They all lived in different places. They all met by doing random fill on squads and eventually just, you know, one was like, oh, well, I've met this other guy. Now that I've met you, we should play together. And they've just made this group of friends and they all finally got to meet in person because one of them got married. And he invited all of his Fortnite squad to come to the wedding. So, I mean, that's just like an uber sweet story. So there's good stuff out there. And I am personally choosing to be optimistic that some of this toxic stuff is going to be, you know, the exception. Yeah, I think it's slowly getting to that. I like to be optimistic about it, too. Yeah. I think sometime this year we're going to do a podcast about being a female gamer Mm-hmm. and what that means and what that looks like because we're not anything out of the ordinary there are millions of women and young girls that play video games mm-hmm. like we have our entire lives a lot of women have so that's going to be a interesting topic that yeah we need a whole podcast to talk about yeah because that'll be an, in- an in-depth thing but yeah but for today, I'm going to do a very professional segue into nerd <laughs> news because we can talk about Fortnite forever. Yes. It's already been 32 minutes. Yes, but um, <laughs> there have been some other exciting things happening um, the last month or so across all different kinds of nerdy categories. And starting with surprise, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just said we weren't going to talk about Disney and here we go. Well, technically, this isn't Disneyland in California. That's so. true. This is Disneyland in Shanghai announced they are creating a Zootopia area, which is something I never even thought about mm-hmm. or wanted. But now that it has been planned and is going to happen, my brain is like, actually, yes, that will be beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they'll do for rides, but just the theming of it and what they can do with food. Yes. Will be great. Oh, I mean, or if they, they don't, might not even have a ride in it, which is fine. Yeah, it could just be like a, a very extensive character meet and greet area. And, you know, the funny thing is I loved Zootopia. I thought that was a, a fantastic movie. I liked it way more than I expected. 
But every time something like this comes up for some reason, I'm like, oh, that's popular enough to have a whole section of the park? Maybe <laughs> it's more popular outside of yeah. the US. And I know they, they do, um, there's some of the characters that do meet and greets at, I, I think, Disneyland and Disney World, too. But um, I also, myself, don't have children, and you don't mm-hmm. have children. And I'll, although we were just talking about, you don't have to have kids to like anything with Disney, but... A lot of the time, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's popular enough to have that. And I have to remind myself, well, this is might be one of the things that's hugely popular with like mm-hmm. the the kid crowd. And I, I just don't know because I don't have a kid to ask. So <laughs> that could be that too. But I definitely, I know you made this note, but I'm going to steal it and say it. But I, because I agree, I definitely think they need to have street carts selling the paw sickles yes that is a requirement that'd be very cute he called them paw sickles right or did i just make that up i think he called them paw sickles <laughs> maybe i just made it up i don't know um i feel like there could be a really cool like roller coaster or dark ride concept for that i think it would need to be very specific to like almost maybe even what's happening after the movie mm-hmm. because there there are some really heavy themes in that movie so and the movie is basically about racial profile profiling. Yeah, and and honestly also about what it means to be a police officer and how the public views police officers and how mm-hmm. how police officers view police officers and that kind of thing. So it's there were some really you know, deep themes there. If you haven't seen that movie, despite us talking about it probably being very popular with the kids, as an adult you would really appreciate it on a different level especially if you've seen Breaking Bad, because there is a Breaking Bad joke. An extended Breaking Bad in, joke. <laughs> in this movie, which is another thing that I'm just like, man, I'm so happy I'm alive in this time period, because that <laughs> is just, that is amazing. I would love to know who in the animation team for that movie came up with that, because that was brilliant. But it's yet another reason for me to eventually get to Shanghai, because yes. I very much want to. Also coming up this month, I think we just looked before we were recording and it was February 24th is when the Oscars are. Yes, that's when the Oscars are. Yes, Um, which, I mean, as someone who's hugely into movies, I love the Oscars every year anyway. But this is going to be a very interesting year because a couple years ago, or maybe even longer than a couple years ago, they extended the Best Picture category to include, I think, 10 nominees. It is 10 now. When it used to be just five nominees, like the rest of the categories, but they were getting to a point, I think, when there were just so many that should be nominated for different reasons, and a lot of the time, if it was a popular blockbuster movie, it just didn't get nominated because the Hollywood Foreign Press Association can be a little snobby. Snooty. (laughs) Yeah, about things that get nominated. When Black Panther came out last year, there was a ton of talk about how, yes, that that is likely if not the one of the best movies that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has ever done. And beyond that, it is just a good movie. And it's an important movie, especially for the times we are in now. And it's very important to recognize that, you know, we do have a a black superhero. Mm-hmm. That's amazing and stupid that it took this long to have a a blockbuster film based around such a character and it shouldn't be unique but it is and we should recognize that 
Um, but there was a lot of talk about how, how much it deserved to be nominated for a Best Picture Award, and it probably wasn't going to be because it was a superhero movie, and they don't do that. Well, lo and behold, it got nominated, which is very exciting. Yes, I, I feel like they kind of, ooh, sorry, got to a point where they had to because earlier they tried to make a popular film category, which is the most snooty thing. Like, yeah, oh, Pish Posh will put your little... Your little superheroes and yeah. your fantasy and your sci-fi over here. Yeah, that's but like they don't the... belong in Best Picture. Yeah, that's definitely and a participation got... ribbon. <laughs> yes, and that got shut down real quick. Black Panther definitely deserves to be nominated for Best Picture of the Year. It's very conspiracy-ish, but the Academy might have done it only because they knew they had to. Yeah. So I don't expect it to win. I think it deserves to. I haven't seen all of the... I actually haven't seen most of the other <laughs> nominated Best Pictures. I'll probably go to Bohemian Rhapsody or Green Book. Um, I've seen a lot of conflicting things about Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody is having controversy yeah. as well. But Black Panther deserves it. Also, Into the Spider-Verse was nominated for Best Animated Picture. Yay! Which now that... Yay! When I think about it, they kind of made that animated picture category partly... To honor more animated ones, but also so they don't have to nominate them for Best Picture. Yeah. And there have been a a couple animated films that were nominated for Best Picture. Um, Beauty and the Beast was, and I think Up was. I think Up was as well. I think Up might have been the last one. Yeah. And honestly, Into the Spider-Verse deserved a Best Picture nomination too. Yes. It should be in both categories. It should be in both because that, it's so unfair that you... (laughs) <laughs> that you might have to say this in the year that Black Panther came out, but that may have been the best movie out of the entire year. I saw some people worried that that wasn't going to win Best Animated Feature for the same reason. It did win the Golden Globe, and it, it needs to win the Oscar. They invented a new animation process for that film. So, I yes. mean, <laughs> that, like, deserves to make it. I would, you know, if we're talking about the other nominees... It would also be cool for Isle of Dogs to get recognition just because mm-hmm. that form of animation is incredibly detailed and difficult. And, and Isle of Dogs was a great movie too. And there's actually only one, I think, in the nominees in that category I haven't seen. But the other ones were Incredibles 2 and Wreck-It Ralph, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, were great movies, but, no, but they not- don't... They don't deserve an Oscar over into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah. So, fingers crossed that they actually get the recognition they deserve there. Yeah, it should be the re- the year Pixar does not win. Yes. It should be this year. Yep, absolutely. In a couple of the other categories, I still have never forgiven them for not giving Baby Driver the sound editing award, because that's ridiculous. Since that was the biggest but- <laughs> snub of my life... <laughs> I yeah. care so much now about the sound editing I know. award. <laughs> that, it, that is nuts to me. It will always be nuts to me that that movie did not get that. But this year, A Quiet Place is nominated for that. And I really feel like that should get it. And I also get that that's, it's a, a horror film and, you know, wasn't a big like moneymaker or anything like that. But that movie was entirely about the sound. And the only reason it was effective was because of the sound editing. So mm-hmm. I think that one deserves it. And I also saw that Christopher Robin is nominated for a visual effects award, which I think it very much deserves because a movie with a live action Winnie the Pooh could have been horrible and horrifying. 
Yeah, that was a very fine line, and they ended up on the right side of it. I, yeah, they ended up so far on the right side of it that it makes me cry thinking about that movie. So I think, <laughs> I think it absolutely deserves an Oscar for that. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that, see what happens. I'm sure I'll go on a Twitter rant when Black <laughs> Panther does not win. Oh, probably. Similar to a small recent Twitter rant I went on about how Bob Odenkirk has never won an award for Better Call Saul. Which is insane. Which I just started watching season four, and it is still amazing. That show is just as good as Breaking Bad. And speaking of Breaking Bad, a sequel movie is being made, and as much as I love Breaking Bad and I'm currently obsessed with Better Call Saul again... I don't want a sequel movie, and I'm very scared. I know. I am I am confused. I am confused. Because this would be following Jesse if it's a right, sequel because movie, right? Walt is dead. Yes. As he should be. And the thing is, the thing is, as much as I want to believe that Jesse went and found happiness and is healthy and not around drugs or bad people, and that he's, like, living somewhere quiet and just totally self-realized if you think about it logically that is not what happened like there is no way he lived or didn't get arrested and that's just that's the fact of the matter if you're like looking at it realistically but the end of breaking bad was so good because one it allows me to hold out for my little fantasy for jesse and his happy life it also was realistic like there was no way walt was gonna live and no. there was no way Walt was going to go to prison because that no. wasn't the character he became. So the end of Breaking Bad was actually very well done, very satisfying as a viewer, and still did something unique in that in the last two episodes, you know, you've watched Walt become a villain and become like fully realized Heisenberg through the whole season. And then in the last like five minutes of the second to last episode, and then the last episode itself, you realize he was Heisenberg the whole time. He was just right. waiting for an opportunity to become that person in front of everyone else. Like, it wasn't the cancer and all of this that just, he wasn't. He a, was always a bad person. He was always a bad person. And that was, like, why the end of that episode was so great. But where where would this story with Jesse go that would be anywhere satisfying without being pandering? You right. know? So I'm I'm very confused. And the about thing that. about creating a good ending for a drama or some or comedy too is that it's good to tie up all the important things but leave some little door open for the viewers or the readers to make up their own mind what happens after that. Yeah. So certain things can get away with happily ever after everything's shut. But for most of it you need a little thread left open. Yeah. That the reader gets to decide what happens to their favorite characters after that. I like to think Jesse took up painting. Yes, And is living calming. a very serene life in Vancouver, Canada. Yeah. I know that's probably not what's going to happen, or what <laughs> happened, but that's what I decided because I desperately wanted him to have a happy life. And since that was left open perfectly for me, I could decide that. Yeah. But if we make a sequel movie, obviously it's not going to be happy because happy stories are not interesting. Yeah. And I just don't think it's needed. Like, Breaking Bad, I think, was the perfect amount. It didn't drag out for seasons just because it could. 
Yeah. They knew where it was going and they had a plan and they knew what the shelf life was. And I mean, Breaking Bad was obviously a dark show. It still was fun, but it was dark. But given everything that happened, I'm just like, how would a sequel movie even be fun to sit through? You know, like it just seems like it would be because obviously even beyond the fact that Jesse would absolutely had to have gotten arrested or been killed by there's plenty of people out there that were still (laughs) upset with him and Walt, not just the the bikers there at the end. Um, But even beyond that, like he's got a lot of shit that he did and he went through that he has to like accept and deal with. And I don't know how you do that. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch a movie about that. Yeah. So that just remains to be seen. We'll check back as that becomes more developed. Uh, In the last nerd news, I talked about how Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and The Defenders were all canceled on Netflix. Since then, Daredevil has also been added to that list. Womp womp. Uh, The second season of The Punisher, I think, premiered recently. It did. It was already done. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Jones is still kind of hanging out. So the rumors around the internet is Jessica Jones will get a third season and then be done. And no one really knows what's going to happen with The Punisher. Uh, Disney's streaming service still is impending. So they could all show up again on that instead. This could be not a deal based on cancellations, cancellations because of bad numbers. Yeah. It could be because Disney has a deal to take all of its stuff. Um, I fully expect once they launch their streaming service, the Netflix deal of getting all the new Disney movies will be gone. Like, they'll let that contract run out. Yeah, I uh, there absolutely. Is, I have no idea what happened with the other Marvel shows. There's one on Hulu called The Runaways. There's several on cable. So I don't know what happened with those. But the next, the Netflix ones seem to be going through a very methodical and planned. They're all getting shut down. Yeah. It might not be forever. I'd really like... I know the second season of Luke Cage wasn't that great, but I would like him to come back. I haven't watched Daredevil, and I didn't watch The Defenders, and Iron Fist did not do too well. Yeah. But there's possibility there. And it, it started really strong with the first seasons of Daredevil, so I've been told. <laughs> and Jessica Jones. Yeah. And Luke Cage was in the first season of Jessica Jones, and he was very good. He had a good uh, origin story going on. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Hopefully they will be back in in some format. Uh, sticking with TV, I wanted to do little updates on vampire TV shows, which seems to be a resurgence that is happening. Yeah, that seems to be ramping right back up again. I mean, I guess the the demand for like vampires and zombies and uh medieval stuff i think it goes in waves because you get to like a point where it's saturated like with game of thrones um there's been several shows about vikings and and all of that at the same royalty yeah royalty stuff and now that's like dipping back down again and then it's suddenly like here's the vampires we're coming back (laughs) we're coming back the first one is the what we do in the shadows tv show which has been pretty quiet lately, but it should still premiere on FX in March. I am very excited. That is one of my favorite vampire media things of all time. I don't think you've watched it because your husband told me he has not seen it while I was there. No, so I will have to. This one is a movie. 
correct? Yes. Okay. What we do in the shadows is a mockumentary. Yes, mockumentary. Now I remember what this is. Centered around three vampires in New Zealand. And Taka Watiti, I always feel bad that I never say his name right, yeah. <laughs> is in it. He, and I believe he helped write and direct or produce it, as he does. He's a very mm-hmm. talented person. It's a, a great movie, especially if you have been into other vampire stuff, especially Anne Rice, because it pokes a lot of fun at it in the best kind of way. Also, the CW has picked up a pilot for a Lost Boys TV show. That's fascinating to me. Which, what the <laughs> hell, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be kind of uh, playing into the nostalgia, which is obviously very popular right now. I mean, even like Riverdale, even though yes. it's popular with people who probably did not read Archie comics. No. Or may- maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But it's still like nostalgic. And Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was kind of the same way, just like the time period even though it's today, the time period seems to be this like bygone era when you had a, a milkshake shop that you could go hang out at and that kind of thing. And and Lost Boys isn't isn't the same thing, obviously. Lost Boys is different, but that was something like a cult classic from, you know, the early 90s. So that's right. very fascinating. So we'll see what happens with that. And the last one is the Vampire Chronicles TV show, which has been very quiet again lately since they got picked up by Hulu. And mm-hmm. I really have no developments on that other than I am still campaigning for Cody Fern to be cast as Lestat because he yes. already is. 100%. He's a Lestat. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't just because he had a long hair wig in American Horror Story. Like, he just. No. He's got, he's got the face and he's kind of like a combination between Tom Cruise's version and, oh gosh, his name's escaping me, the one that did uh, Queen of the Damned. Who was that actor? Yeah. I, oh, I'm sorry, whoever I you know. are, I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. But he's like a combination between the, the two of them where he's got the broodiness, but also... And he's got the, the edge. Yeah. And and also kind of the like very full of himself, uppity, da 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 da, da you know, thing that Tom Cruise had. God, it's still so weird to me to just remember that Tom Cruise played Lestat. But yeah, and Brad Pitt was Lewis. He did. I think Brad Pitt was a, a good Lewis. I mean, Tom Cruise wasn't a bad Lestat. I just, I obviously have like strong opinions about Tom Cruise in this day and age yeah. that <laughs> affect how I feel about his past movies. But it, and and then just to think like they successfully made that movie with the whole storyline about Claudia. I don't know. That just doesn't seem like a thing you you can really translate out of a book because she's like permanently a child. Anyway. I, I anyway, hope, I hope they have some more news about this soon because I'm excited for it. Yes, and it's being directed by Anne Rice's son, so it has opportunity to be faithful, but hopefully its own thing as mm-hmm. well. But anyway, if you're listening, Christopher Rice, please cast Cody Fern. Yes. <laughs> Take our word for it. Uh, I don't have any other fan castings. I haven't. I'm pretty. I feel like I'm pretty open to it. Although my only thing is, please make Armand a young, like 17, 18-ish boy, <laughs> like he's supposed to be. Yes. Antonio Banderas is great, and he had a good Armand persona, but my God, I cannot do another middle-aged man with very long black hair. <laughs> also, I love how you just pronounce Banderas. <laughs> I know, I just... 
I butchered it. I'm sorry. I was talking too fast. <laughs> there was there was too much emotion. <laughs> there was too much emotion. <laughs> Antonio, you're great. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, let's not do one. that again. Yes. Um, and then we have a couple other just quick small updates. The next season of Walking Dead will apparently be including something from the comics called The Fair that people have compared to The Red Wedding. So I guess maybe this is going to be... When in doubt, kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they're using this as a chance to just like slaughter most of the current characters they have and start with new people. I don't know. <laughs> They'll kill everyone that has... Uh complained that they don't like the direction the show is going yeah guess what your, your character is getting like the guy up. who played jesus i know there's things are like well he wanted to leave he asked to leave but my god the exit interviews he gave yeah were he was brutal he is not happy <laughs> so i don't know i mean i'll be interested to see what goes on with that i was thinking i might start watching some of the past seasons of walking dead on my commute in the morning and afternoons just to i don't know you know give it another shot and <laughs> actually know what I'm complaining about. So, yeah, I might do that. We'll see. Uh, the next thing I have is a Game of Thrones tidbit where the final episode links have quote unquote reportedly been leaked. I didn't follow up recently to see if these were actually confirmed as true. But if they are, I am upset. Because I was told or given the impression that the last six episodes would be 90 to 120 minutes, all of them. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if there's only six episodes, but they're that long, that's filling the time of 10 episodes. So that's okay. It's like a little movie every Sunday. But the reportedly leaked links were all 60 minutes and a couple were 80. And if that is true, I am a disappoint yeah well especially because more than one person associated with the production of game of thrones has used the phrase each of them is like a movie specifically yes. so and no movie is 60 minutes not, not even animated ones no not anymore so yeah, there's not enough time especially with how much they need to do it's yeah not enough time and the only thing I can think, and hopefully this isn't the case either, is that there is like 60 actual minutes of content and then you get to the 90 minutes with your commercial breaks or whatever. But I don't think that, like, most people watch HBO through like the, Well, there's no commercials uh, on HBO. Oh. I thought even if you watched on, it on TV. TV I know, even, even on TV, it's still premium cable, like Netflix or Hulu, Ew. if you get the Hulu that doesn't have commercials. Well... So there's no there's no commercials when you watch TV TV. I just what? exposed my ignorance. When you watch, <laughs> there's no commercials when you watch HBO on TV. TV. <laughs> on tuberculosis, <laughs> apparently. The, the pronunciation and the the wording on this podcast, this episode has gone down the tubes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a little bit of a headache, I think, from the changing pressure in the weather. And yeah. And I'm a bad also, podcast host today. <laughs> I've also hit my microphone with my hand twice recording this because I'm excited and I'm talking with my hand. <laughs> so I guess that just shows how passionate I am about the fact that if these are only 60 minute episodes, I'm going to be ticked off HBO. <laughs> so cross your fingers that that's actually not the case. Yeah, it could very well not be true it could be we'll see 
we'll coming see. in April 14th. We'll find out. The last thing I have for nerd news is a very strange thing I forgot existed called the Morbius movie. I totally forgot about this too. And I was re-reminded of it because Matt Smith joined the cast, who is a really good actor. But I'm just, I forgot this was a thing. And it's Jared Leto. And it's another Spider-Man adjacent, like Venom. Assuming Spider-Man will not be in it in any sort of form. I just feel weird about it. I guess I did also feel weird about Venom, and I still haven't watched it, but you ended up liking it a lot, and it yes. wasn't terrible. I recommend Venom. Oh, I mean, I, I you could probably describe it as terrible, sure, but yeah. you will have a, a fantastic time watching it. So well, Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. There's, there is a place for bad movies. There, there totally is. And it, yes. and they're not like movies that you're like, oh my god, I hate this. It's so hard to sit through. I'm going to get up and walk out. Like, no, there's bad movies that are thoroughly enjoyable. Like, well, the most famous being like The Room. Right. Is obviously known for being a, a terrible movie and yet somehow still enjoyable. <laughs> it's like the difference between the first Transformers movie and every other Transformers yes. movie. Yes. <laughs> the first one was bad but enjoyable. It wasn't terrible. And then after that, it was, it's been a mess ever since. Yes. But this Morbius movie is starring Jared Leto. And I think that's where a lot of my weird feeling comes from. Because I used to really like Jared Leto, especially when I was an older teenager and in college, because that was about the time I watched Mr. Nobody, Mm -hmm. which is a really great movie. And I don't know what happened, but he just got too weird which is saying something for me because I normally embrace weirdness, but he got real strange. Well, he seems like honest. This is not fair because I've, I have, I have met him in person once on the CSU you campus. You did. For I a, was not there. Yeah, for just like a brief minute. But so th- this isn't like fair because when I met him in person, he seemed actually very nice and you know approachable and and all of that. But like when you see him in the media now. Or see videos of him or something. He just seems like insufferable <laughs> to yeah. be around, and I don't, I don't know why. Hopefully, maybe this will be a redeeming project for him. I don't know. He just—it's is- hard to reconcile who he is now. Yeah. With back when he won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, and he brought his mom. Yeah. And he's still part of Thirty Seconds to Mars with his brother, but he just seems. Like you said, he seems insufferable now, and I don't know if it's when he made that switch to extreme character actor to the point where, I don't know, character acting seems like a very slippery slope. Yeah. That doesn't seem necessary for playing a good part. Yeah, I just, I think the like, you know, we we could have a whole podcast about the issues with Suicide Squad and the Joker as represented in that, (laughs) whatever, but I think I, I was really put off by the stories of like, him sending weird stuff to his castmates and like yeah, and maybe it, that's when it started especially margot robbie who played harley because i'm i'm just like ew <laughs> like it's just yeah. weird so i mean maybe maybe this will be a an interesting redeeming project for him and maybe sometime i'll see him again in person and then be like oh you know i definitely misjudged you <laughs> so i don't know he's just and it, it's not like um I should put a 
the caveat here that it doesn't seem like he's a bad person, but he no. just seems odd. <laughs> so, that, that's really all I can say about that. Morbius is a vampire, right? Yes. So oh, I didn't even realize that. So it's vampire a stuff. Vampire thing. Yeah, it's popping back up again. So wasn't there some odd study that I don't even know. Maybe this is an urban legend that there was a study about this, but isn't there some line of thinking that the American public tends to like content and media about vampires when the economy is one way and they like zombie stuff when the economy is a different way? Yes, they like vampires when the economy is good and zombies when the economy is bad. But oh, not interesting. To bring in the outside world to our nerd podcast, but I don't think the economy is super great right now. It's, so. it's been good. But it's been better, but it's uh supposedly about to tank. So get ready. Yeah, there's a lot of like <laughs> impending clouds and nervousness going on. So yeah. I think with vampires related to the economy or not, a lot of romantic stuff comes with them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is mostly thanks to Anne Rice because she. Yeah. What, how you feel about her books or her as a person or not, she is the one that made that shift. Of vampires being sexy and not, and they're always Nosferatu. like an Anne Rice style vampire. They're always like wealthy, and they have yes. like everyone has a lot of money. Yeah, because I, I know part of it is they've been around a long time or whatever, <laughs> so they you yeah. know they've collected money. But they they're always wealthy and they they go to art museums and like da, da, da. and the opera and they're yeah. Very... <laughs> so uh, that is all I have. On yeah, the list for nerd news right now. So lots, lots happening and lots to come that we. Will oh, I have did updates learn on. a couple days ago that Ben Affleck is out officially as Batman. Yes, he is done. It and sounds I'm sure like he threw a little party. Yeah, he... I think he wanted out real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats to you, Ben. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, we'll see who next takes up the Batman role because even if we feel. As a nerd society that maybe we should let Batman sit for a minute. He's not going to. There's no. always going to be a Batman. Yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye on who takes up that role next. And fascinatingly enough, apparently the Marvel equivalent of that has become Spider-Man. Yes. There's almost... There's always a Spider-Man. And now we have two right now. Mm-hmm. All different enjoy. kinds of universes and interpretations and... The interesting thing about Spider-Man, though, is we have two Spider-Mans right now, but they're different people. We don't have two mm-hmm. Peter Parkers. Yeah. Well, no, technically we just have, I was going to say, Oh, well, I guess we do have two Peter Parkers. There's multiple Peter Parkers, but the, the one that was the main one is technically just an older version of Of Peter. Tobey Maguire. Yeah, he would be Tobey Maguire, <laughs> not Maguire Tom Holland. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah, he would, he would definitely be the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. <laughs> What? I was going to tell you something else. Oh, I also read stuff about things that were deleted from Into the Spider-Verse. There was supposed to be a moment in the early planning that had Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland's all together for like a mega cameo. And that did not happen. I didn't know or find out how far they got into that or if that was just like a pipe dream at the beginning of creating the movie, and then they decided not to follow through with it. That would have been really cool. I was also an Australian Spider-Man who, when they are down in 
uh, blonde Peter's little spider cave. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be a Australian Spider-Man with them, and when they like all kind of glitched for a second, he was supposed to die. Oh, <laughs> and then that got cut out because <laughs> it was a little. Uh... That's a little dark. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's. Uh, well, the Spider-Man universe can be pretty dark, but I think that I just don't think that would have fit with that vibe of that movie. So yeah, that's probably <laughs> a good thing. Yeah, but. Anyway, that's your your Spider-Man and your Batman update. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure we will have more of those on an upcoming episode of Nerd News, too. So. Yes. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for another episode. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to know topics you'd love to hear on upcoming episodes of the podcast as well. Um, Ratings and subscribing to... Our podcast on your preferred channel is always appreciated. And very helpful to us. And very helpful. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter if you don't already. Both are just at Nerd Ascended. And we will talk to you in the next one. Bye, nerds. Our intro and outro music is courtesy of Sneaky Creaky on Yummy Sounds. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Nerd Ascended. You can also email us at nerdascendedpodcast at gmail.com. And ratings are always appreciated.